Hello there, this is Peter Bergman. This is Radio Free Oz. Yes, you've got Oz in your ears on Thursday, January 19th, 2011, two days away from the South Carolina primary. Big deal. I really am not really even vaguely interested in what generally goes on in South Carolina, but after watching that blood sport debate on Monday night and, and confronting a South Carolina audience that was frightening, I have no doubt that there's going to be sparks a-flying on Saturday. They say that Newt is surging. The important thing, I think, is that Newt and Ron Paul and even Rick Santorum, if he can, stay in the race because they keep bombarding Mitt and doing all the opposition research for the Democrats. Did you see they found McCain's opposition research document, 200-page document, still on the web? It is a complete... Look at Mitt Romney, more than you'd ever want to know. But boy, are they doing the work for the Obama campaign. Okay, people say, uh, Occupy Wall Street, bunch of dirty hippies. Hey, as Kane says, get a job. It's your fault if you ain't got a job. The pundits are now peeing on them. Uh, you know, they got no leader. They got no agenda. Well, they turned the whole discussion in America away from phony deficit wrangling into income inequality, student debt, money in politics, and all of a sudden Mitt Romney's wealth is a great big issue. It's worth pointing out that the central story uh, has been Romney's wealth and his business practices. And, and yesterday, that story received even more attention when Romney revealed he's only paying an effective tax rate of 15%, which is 20% lower than most of us. The guy's worth $250 million, a quarter of a billion dollars, and he's paying 15%. Now, how much traction will there be to this revelation, and also to the revelation that Romney's father was believed to be the first presidential candidate to release his income taxes and release 12 years of them in the year before the 1968 contest, not to forget that Obama released many, many years of his income taxes when he ran in 2008. And by the way, Mitt Romney could really learn from his dad. When he ran for president in 1968, he had marched with Martin Luther King. He was a real liberal Republican. If he was running today as a Republican, he wouldn't be. Adam Sorensen says, for Democrats, this is the perfect campaign issue. It lies at the intersection of the personal, professional, and political identities they plan to foist on Romney in the general election. Okay, the privilege, they hope, will make it hard for voters to relate to Romney. Well, he keeps blowing it. He keeps talking about himself as being a middle class, which means he's totally out of touch. Then there's his erstwhile career in private equity that they hope will taint him as an economic predator. That won't be hard to do, rather than a turnaround artist. Well, he is a turnaround artist. You ask him one day what he's doing, and he's facing east. You ask him the next day after they poll, and he's facing west. And then there's the regressive tax policies. They hope they can drive a wedge between the Republican Party and the middle class. It's going to be interesting. Remember when Ross Perot ran and had all those charts and was trying to educate people on jobs, etc.? There's going to be a lot of education during this campaign about tax fairness and about the whole tax schedule that we face. 
We're going to learn a lot from this campaign. It's going to be a lot smarter than we think. Remember, Obama is leading the charge, and this man is a brainiac. Okay, you see, it's the way that Romney talks about money that can make him seem drastically out of touch with average people, an issue that's exacerbated by the fact that he's running for president in a time of incredible economic hardship. Duh. Being rich isn't the problem. Obama's rich after his book sales. Being unaware that lots and lots of other people aren't, and what that means in real terms, the pain, the challenges, that's what's important. Well, Romney told reporters recently that, what, people will want to see the most recent year of tax terms. He is, in other words, already trying to set a very low bar. Romney apparently intends to wait until he's the GOP nominee, then maybe release his returns for just a single year. That won't do. Barack Obama released nearly a decade's worth of tax returns, and when George Romney ran for president, a whole 12 years worth of returns, so Mitt's got to do better. We're talking about information that the public deserves to know. Paul Krugman added this morning, Are we sure that his tax rate is even as high as 15%? How much is shielded in tax havens? We need the returns. Yes, we do. And we're going to get them. In spite of himself, he's going to have to cough up the facts. Welcome to the 99% store, where the masses huddle to get through the muddle. Today's special are these piss-proof umbrellas from Supply Side that keeps you high and dry when the rich trickle down on you. Too busy looking for that job that isn't there to make your own protest sign? We've got them all, including The Beginning is Near, Let My Children Go to College, I Couldn't Afford a Politician So I Made This Sign, Hungry? Eat a banker, I'll believe corporations are people when Texas executes one, and our Wall Street special, Jump, you fuckers. Are you going nowhere fast? Get healthy behind it with a Paul Ryan Pathway to Prosperity treadmill. Mitt Romney says, half an hour in the morning on Paul's machine gives me the lower body strength for another day of flip-flopping and backpedaling. Occupying Wall Street? Don't join the march without a pack of slimy bastard spotting cards, including mugshots of Lloyd Blankfein, Jamie Dimon, John Paulson, Vikram Pandit, Larry Summers, Tim Geithner, and his dishonor, Michael Bloomberg. Remember, you can't diss him and hiss him if you miss him. And here's a bargain for all you living the unemployed lifestyle. It's the 2012 edition of the Great American Get Back to Work Kit that includes job applications for patty flipping at McDonald's and chicken flicking at Tyson's, a commemorative album for your food stamps, rose-colored night goggles that help you see the light at the end of the tunnel, a wetsuit for double dipping and dumpster diving, and a rainproof begging bowl. It's all at the 99% store, the home away from home for the soon-to-be homeless. Oh yeah, those Occupy Wall Streeters have got us all thinking about income inequality. Hey, listen to the results of this recent poll. Asking an incisive question that gets to the heart of today's political and economic debates, the new Washington Post ABC News poll finds that a majority of Americans think that inherent unfairness in the economic system that favors the wealthy is a bigger problem than overregulation of the free market. Well, there's the fork in the road. Is it a matter of building the prosperity of the commonwealth or giving it over to just a few? Because 
over-regulation of the free market, uh, regulations take away jobs, this whole series of shibboleths from the GOP just masks the fact that they want government to get out of the way as they pollute, plunder, and speculate. So people are figuring this out. The question boils down to the key difference between the worldviews and policy prescriptions of the progressive and conservative movements and finds that most Americans agree with progressives here. 55 to 35. Dems big election numbers. As Greg Sargent notes, moderates see economic unfairness on behalf of the wealthy as a bigger problem than market overregulation by 59-29. Even bigger numbers amongst the moderates equals independence equals the cohort that elects you or sends you home. And here's one of the reasons they feel the way they do. A foundation in Germany, this is according to Jim Hightower in his Nation article, this foundation in Germany has analyzed the social justice records of all 31 members of the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, OECD, ranking each nation in such categories as healthcare, income inequality, preschool education, and child poverty. These are commonwealth issues, okay? The overall performance by the United States, which boasts of being an egalitarian society, outranks only Greece, Chile, Mexico, and Turkey. Actually, three of those countries performed better than ours in the education of preschoolers, and Greece did better than the United States on the prevention of poverty. Our bottom-of-the-heap ranking in social justice confirms the economic and political inequality that the Occupy movement is protesting. It also helps to explain why this grassroots uprising in America has spread so rapidly to more than 600 communities and has generated such broad public support, which it has. And as we come towards the 21st of March or the weather of April, you know, when we see clouds upon the hill, those are really crowds of daffodils and Occupy Wall Streeters. The American spring is coming. After all, our nation is fabulously rich. Yes, we consume 25% of the world's resources. And we rank well ahead of nearly every other OEC member in national wealth. So there's no excuse for us sitting at the bottom of the list in education, health care, poverty, and other measures as a democratic and egalitarian society. Well, we talk democracy and we talk equality because it's built into our bones. It is something that we paid more than lip service to for ever so long. But that's gone by the boards since the advent of the Reagan revolution, the me generation, the looking at the world through the great flat screen. The, the internet is a fabulous device, but it can also separate you from real people and real issues just as much as it can connect you. So we've got to get back in touch. And I think it's happening. I really do. Occupy Wall Street is amazing. No leaders, so they can't misquote anybody. They actually are coming up with a manifesto. They say they're going to have a convention. I think it's in Philadelphia, down near Constitution Hall, where every zip code will send two people, elected as they so discern. And there's going to be a new American convention. I love it. Maybe Radio Free Oz will be there. Hey, 
If you send us $3 a month, a dime a day, darling, maybe we can afford to get on the bus and go to Philadelphia. And maybe you can join us there. Be with you tomorrow.